you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. is mentally still on a beach in Mexico. It's true. From the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio, it's around the NFL. I'm the guy still in Mexico, Dan Hansis. Here are some heroes. Mark Sessler, Greg Rosenthal. And it was just... I was just made aware that even though I was on vacation, the world went on. Right. I mean, I wasn't in Mexico. Ooh, excuse me. (laughs) not ready for this. I've only been to Mexico a few times, and I drove across the border those times. Badass boys drive badass toys. <laughs> Actually, I, uh, I also went into Mexico in that voyage. I went from Colorado to, in theory, L.A. We got stuck in Arizona, but we dipped into Tijuana for a bit, um, and some unspeakable things occurred. Now, we've been told, last time I mentioned Colorado, not to bring up Colorado anymore. Really? Or is that Arizona? I think that was Arizona. It was Arizona. I, was I mean, Camp another... Happiness was in Colorado, so he's happy to talk no, about that. Camp Happiness you're incorrect was in Connecticut. About that, Greg. Oh. Greg has a factual history based on no facts. <laughs> Camp Happiness was a place of Mark's adolescence. In, Camp into, Jewel. Into young man. Now, see, that, <laughs> Greg actually asked a question about it during our – Greg and I spent almost the whole weekend together. I'll tell you that much. Really? So, yeah. We did. A lot, well, of, good, we, a lot of good quality time. Yeah. We were down at the uh, – the Wolf Mansion, and then we saw you at, at Keisha's on, on Sunday night. So it was, it was a nice, very nice around the time. NFL yeah. uh, weekend. And I'd like to say that I missed you guys. I did miss you guys while I was on vacation. But I mean, to some degree. When you guys are digging into, you know, is the AFC East's fourth place <laughs> schedule actually harder than the NFC North's first place schedule while I'm toes in the sand sipping on mezcal down in Mexico? I don't think I didn't miss I didn't miss some things of what I missed. 
put it that way. I feel like you stumbled into that, but now it's going to become an every year thing. Like Dan <laughs> missed schedule release week, and now suddenly that's going to become his thing. Well, but no, no one else can leave schedule release week. No, that's Dan. Thi- that's I Dan's don't like thing. that trend. <laughs> no, that's you know a, what? It was okay. It's a, it's that's a, an easy show. Fans, yeah, fans yeah. love it. We got you know Rachel Bennett. You're, you're dismissing the the great guests we had on that because obviously I'm it's not a big sure show if I'm here. dismissing Rachel Bennett and Clavon came on and Colleen was great. We had a ball. You had Rach on the show. We had a ball. It was a, it was a, a robust um, enterprise. And Rachel was on the show, and I know there was that controversy. She declared vengeance on you. And I imagine my co-host on the show came to my defense on right. the program. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's sure. We can I was somewhat that. confused by it. I was saying, we're here right now. What more inner circle do you want? This is the show. Right. That was all I said about it. I think it's assumed we defend <laughs> would defend you. We don't need to say anything. She was a little offended oh, that like that. you weren't here. Yeah, she thought that was somehow oh, uh, I like that. part of it. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, I like Rachel. You had Claibon involved, Connie Fox, mm-hmm. of course. That's great. We got a nice show uh, today. We got another show coming up later in the week. We got a, a nice guest coming up later. Mark, you are heading... Out yonder, won't even ask where you're going. But won't tell you. This is your last show of the week, so let's yeah. make it count. Uh, and um, coming up a little bit later, there are certain presumed truths of the NFL. This time of year, post free agency, post draft, uh, and I say we deep. We debunk some of those presumed truths because sometimes the consente is actually the con yesente. Nailed it. (laughs) That's usually where a Dan sound drop comes in. I thought there was a special con yesente. Sometimes you just let that (laughs) one sit. Dan hands a shout out. Thank you, Paul Rudd. Uh, But first, let's do some news. Zach looks good. Uh, He's definitely hit the weight room. Looks beefy. Uh, <laughs> uh, in a good way, in a good way. Well, you can tell Dan is back. He's wearing a Zach Wilson is good shirt. That maybe that's number one on your cognoscente uh, list, that Zach Wilson is good. Because I don't think the cognoscente is on, on that yet. No, but I I will say this about Zachy. He was a little boy last year in every way, physically, that is a that's a trope all the way, obviously. Um, off season guy beefs up, but he really needed to beef up, and I hope that's true. And he does look a little like a little thick boy now. He looks slight. He does. He looks like a thick boy. I think it's time for him <laughs> maybe to grow a Why big beard. Why is everyone saying something. thick boy? T H I C. He still looks like a no. child. So we're do. Are we going to the T H I C C? Yeah. B O I. That's the only no no T I T H I C C. B O I. B O I. I'm in love. Yeah. If I he mean, turns into a thick boy. I feel like if Zach Wilson were on any other six. team, you would be shredding him. But because he's on the Jets, somehow <laughs> he's, the way he presents himself is getting praised. But <laughs> It's good to be back. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's talk about your quarterback, Marky. <laughs> I don't have a quarterback. <laughs> Sorry. You're for, almost quarterback. Sports Illustrated's. Albert Breer, Bert Breer, believes the NFL is likely, quote, wrapping things up, close quote, in the Deshaun Watson investigation. NFL reporter Josina Anderson 
reported that league officials are meeting with Watson this week in Texas after a lengthy investigation into more than 20 allegations of sexual assault against the former Texans quarterback signed to a massive guaranteed deal by the Browns after a trade in March. Uh, Breer says that the NFL investigators usually talk to the player last. So here we are. Here we are with this stage. And it makes sense at a certain point. Everyone needs to know what the situation is to Sean Watson. You really did get me thinking, Greg, a couple weeks ago when we were talking about this. I, w- I was thinking, oh, you know, he'll probably get dinged hard here. But now, I don't know, the more I think about it and it's like, is this going to be a, a slap on the wrist relatively? Um, and what's that going to mean? And what's that story going to be in the league? Um, how do you feel about this? And this does seem like it's coming down now, finally. Yeah, I don't have any predictions or any feel of how this is going to go. And NFL discipline has been very hard to predict over the last 10 years, just in general. But I just thought this story is, is certainly noteworthy that it, it is likely wrapping up and it is time for it to wrap up. Um, the civil lawsuits are not going to be wrapping up uh, according to the timeline that we've seen. Like if there's going to be a trial, they're still going through all these processes. It could last through the year. It could last into next year. So the NFL by medium seems to be indicating they are not on that timeline. Uh, Pro Football Talk put out different possibilities. One could be a suspension and maybe there'll be more later or not a suspension and maybe there'll be more later. But either way, this is the biggest X factor of the 2022 season. It's like, yeah, it's uncomfortable to talk about. I don't think there's a ton of analysis, but it's absolutely the most important piece of information that we don't know about this upcoming season. We have no idea what Watson's availability is going to be like. And I I would think that that has to be coming to a head soon. Yeah. I mean, if you like the reason I think everyone's saying it's coming soon is because this is how these investigations play out. They do all their work and they go to the subject typically of the investigation as the final note in the case. And then we will probably at some point, and who knows, this could be a little bit down the road, but it feels like a nice summertime Friday news dump when they drop their result on this. And, you know, he's he, the other thing I noticed about this is that Deshaun Watson right now has flown 30 members of the Browns offense to the Bahamas. And th- that's fine. Um, you know what that tells me is that the players don't care at all about any of this. It's just like they're teammates now and they're signing up well, for this. Sure. I mean, yeah. I, not that I expected them to, but it's like, there, when you go into you the gonna, actual what are you locker gonna do? room, yeah, what are you going to do no, at that point? I, I know, I, I, I'm, I guess so. And like, I, I see more and more of the fan base drifting back to the team if there were issues as well. So it tells it, me that guaranteed money, that first uh, signing bonus hit. Not that he was doing poor, poorly. Right? Before. Or does he go to the Bahamas and never return with the guaranteed <laughs> money? That's another option. I mean, do the do the Browns say, "Hey, let's lay low on some type of extravagant Bahamas trip"? when this is still pending right now. I mean, they don't seem to care, do they? There are elements of the story, like the headline on ESPN.com really, you know, just just like this bottomless sinkhole of filth. Sources, colon, Deshaun Watson to meet with NFL, comma, also will bring Cleveland Browns offensive teammates to Bahamas to bond. Just the story is just still so sloppy and messy and um, unfortunate, obviously, as well. And it's funny, like, I tweeted about that um, headline, and I thought it was kind of notable in my replies that there are a lot of Browns fans like you, Mark, that were turned off by the organization and have turned their back on them. There are a lot of Browns fans that I'm sure feel don't feel good about this at all and are kind of laying low because what do you say? But then there's the vocal, whether it's a minority or the majority 
of the other type of Browns fans. They're like, whatever, shut up, you baby. I'm happy. My quarterback's here. We got a QB one now. And that, that again, there's so many levels to the story. Browns fans are such a great friend, uh, fan base and a, a franchise that everyone was kind of intrinsically rooting for that now those type of boneheads, those bozos are like the mouthpiece of the organization on social media. This, it just got, Mark, we talked about this privately too. There's so many layers to the story that are disappointing and what it meant, what it means to the Browns as an organization, both in the short and the long term. We're just beginning to see it. Yeah, and it's like, it's funny because as we were walking in here, NFL Network was replaying the pretty crazy uh, Browns-Chargers game from last season where, you know, the, the Browns put up a ton of points and barely lost to another great offense in Los Angeles. And... Uh, mm. Man, that feels like a long time ago. It was but, kind of the last great Baker Mayfield moment because yeah. we certainly didn't leave that game being like, Baker, Baker's a problem. Yeah, he was sensational <laughs> through large parts of the game, but he did not. He had a chance to win it and he couldn't. And I think that's part of the DNA of why he's not with the team right now. I do think it's interesting that Ian Rappaport on Pat McAfee, even this week, and he said this twice now, and I don't understand how this could ever happen, that it makes sense. He's not saying this would happen, but it would make sense at some point for Baker Mayfield and the Browns, if Deshaun Watson is suspended for a long time, to just basically put it behind them, come play, get his money, and maybe get traded midseason if he plays well. I, I mean, that, it makes logical sense that they he would be an upgrade over the guy that's in the house and he's already under contract and he doesn't have any value. All that makes sense. I guess that's probably what Ian's coming from on that. But obviously, it's a poison it's relationship on so many levels. Right. Jake Brisket's starting those games if, if Watson is out. Uh, let's now talk some contract news and let's do it with a little time for... News and notes and contract heat presented by Upwork, where you can build the team that will build your business. Learn more at Upwork.com. The Packers couldn't find a way to make it work with Devontae Adams, but they do with Jair Alexander, the cornerback. Uh, he signs a four-year, $84 million contract extension that includes $31 million in 2022 and a cornerback record $30 million signing bonus. You may remember when Jalen Ramsey got the bag a year or two ago, and that was $20 million, uh, in annual pay. So cornerbacks, um, Mark, not the hottest market earlier in free agency, but we're seeing this now with some deals with some in-house superstars, Denzel Ward and other, getting paid by the teams that know how important they are to their defense. Yeah, and the beat writers covering the Packers, they were on this you know, months ago. They, they knew this was happening. This is something Green Bay wanted to do. I know that you know Alexander... Missed all but uh, you know four games of the regular season. Came back to play in the playoffs, which actually earned him a ton of street cred with the coaches, with his teammates. Street Aaron Rodgers called him one of the most interesting players he's ever been around. So he's beloved in the locker room. The team loves him. And if you look at this secondary, because I know we've talked about the Saints. We've talked about the Ravens as you know top one, two secondaries in the league right now. This Packers team is there because you've got Eric Stokes, Darnell Savage, Adrian Amos, Razul Douglas, who blew up, blew up last year. There's a lot to like here, and it's and you may get to the point where this would be a weird sight. The defense might finally and slowly have a small edge over the offense on this team. I think this was a top eight coverage unit a year ago, and I think they could be better if Alexander plays the whole year. I think so. I think on paper they have one of the better defenses in the league. And the Alexander contract was interesting to me for the money purposes because – the cornerbacks got to be seeing these wide receivers making all this money. And to me, Jair Alexander is absolutely at the same level of an AJ Brown. And he's not far off of a, a Devonte Adams. Like he should be 
potentially the highest paid cornerback in the league. And he, and he is basically, but it's still way below the wide receiver numbers. Uh, Eric, I think it's Eric Eager does this war type value um stat at PFF. He had Jair Alexander as the most valuable cornerback in the league in 2020. So that's the type of player he is. Cornerbacks aren't making that sort of money yet. Um, but the Packers showed like it wasn't about money with Devontae Adams. You, you mentioned that like they could have gotten that done. They still have one of the uh, most uh, amount of cap space in the entire league. And yet they're spending a ton of cash. They're like in the top five. So all those little fake. Um, what is it? The The stock. Mm-hmm. The stock sales that they do mm-hmm. where they just like print cash and everyone not, gives them 100. It's not fake. Those are all part <laughs> owners of the Green Bay Packers. Well, it must be helping because they're, you know, they're a small market and they're spending more cash than just about anyone. And this this is a smart way to be spending your money. A player, you know, that is this good. He is one Greg, of the you, best. You're pretty plugged in on the salary cap stuff. And if you're telling me they still had a could have had a way to keep Devonte Adams in the building. I, I still I don't buy into it. Listen, they but, lost. But Ian, Ian actually on that same appearance, I heard him talking about they offered Devontae Adams more cash in the first two years of his deal than the Raiders. did. Adams wanted yeah. to go to the so Raiders. He just out. wanted, he just out. wanted to go. And, and it was like the highest receiver contract of all time. So what, what maybe are you it do? could have been handled a little more deftly in the earlier stages of his career with the team. Maybe. But whatever. Maybe it just wasn't meant to be. And it was not the defense that knocked him out of the playoffs last year. They Fair. gave up two field goals in the NFC Divisional right. playoffs. There was a blocked punt. And then Aaron Rodgers in the offense with Devontae Adams peed down their legs. If you knew that, would you not have bet your house, Dan, that you own in All right. Well, well, the bank owns it. Okay. Well, okay, but I mean, would you we'll not? Have, if you knew that, if you knew that's what they were, yeah. they were going to give up that that kind of defensive performance. There is no way they lose well, that game. I was locking <laughs> up my lock title. I locked up the pack. I said, "This is that's in the right. bag." Oh yeah, that's right. And I needed a late Rams touchdown to hold on to the trophy. That was a stunning lock defeat um, because, yeah, that didn't make any sense. Uh, I'd keep his town location in there and let people just investigate if you're in the area or if you're not and you want to come to the area. Uh, in other news, Jarvis Landry is now a member of the Saints. The Saints signed the former Brown and Dolphin wide receiver, so he now slots in nicely. Slot, nailed it. Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, the rookie, Jarvis Landry, and I think the thing that really jumps out to a lot of people, Greggy, was the money. Rap Sheet reported that Landry's base salary is just $3 million. Tom Pelissero said it's worth up to $6 million. That's a great deal for a very good wide receiver. Yeah, there clearly was very little market for Jarvis Landry. I don't think Odell Beckham will be the same. I'm curious if the Saints might try to keep this LSU thing going and bring in OBJ still uh, after getting Honey Badger and Landry. But I'm really thinking this Saints team looks pretty good on paper. I mean, they they won a lot of games last year with some pretty lousy quarterback play. Maybe Jameis isn't going to be much better uh, coming off the torn ACL or, or not, but suddenly you go from Marcus Callaway being your number one receiver, and he did get over 800 yards, to Marcus Callaway being your number four receiver behind those three guys you mentioned, and that's a nice, a nice setup with a really good-looking defense. Yeah, they handled... Their needs and their, you know, their thin position groups as well as anyone. There's something about the Saints because this was a, you know, in a year where suddenly you don't have maybe a home run at quarterback. Their attitude was, we're going for it. We're going back to the playoffs. We're going to knock Tom Brady 
and the Bucks out of one of those two regular season games, if not both like last year. Jarvis Landry totally fits, and he's already tweeting at Odell Beckham, and I think that has real sway. The idea that you know they were together in Cleveland, it went sour, to go to the Saints, their hometown, and to bring back Honey Badger, there's something about this New Orleans team that um, is spicy. As I look for a team to root for, maybe Ooh. just in spirit for a year, they are in the top three for me at this point. Wow, and they have a lot of cap space, too. They cleared all that space for Watson and then didn't get him. So, it, weirdly, they have a lot. And they're another team. I like teams that are just trying to win. Like, you don't always have to take a huge step back. They, they won, you know, they had a winning record last year, and I think they should again. The if you are a Saints fan this year, they were a finalist for Deshaun Watson. Just yeah. gonna say. Right. Well, you're right. I don't. I'm not trying to be some sort of school alarm about the whole thing. I, the Browns thing to me, that was a. If it was a cake, that is a big part of the cake. And there were other things in that whole Browns thing that yeah, I but had it, soured it, on. It is this weird thing because, like, you know, we know Saints fans and. They, uh, there was a lot that were rooting against Watson, but the second that you don't get him, it's like, well, it didn't matter. Like, yeah, they went for him, but they didn't get him. It's, he's not the guy you have to root for. I see so what Dan's just, saying, you though. You can throw it out the window. Dan, uh, Dan, Dan has a it's point, confusing. though. It is, it's it confusing. Is, it makes you look like you're all over the map. So, yeah. And it is a little bit of a Saints fan club in here, and I'm sorry that I'm not part of it, but I think everything they've done and the, the roster looks good. I think the division is certainly competitive. They have a chance to win that division, but questions a quarterback and head coach are it's fair to ask how that's all going to work together in 2022. But other than that, the roster's pretty good. And quarterback, if they got and Odell, head, quarterback and head coach are not small things to pretty have big. Marks. Yeah, looking good, except for the old quarterback and head coach. All right, that was news and notes presented by Upwork, the world's work marketplace. Learn more at Upwork.com. All right, Drew Brees <laughs> is done. Yeah, speaking of saints and legends and maybe the quarterback in 2022, Drew Brees uh, is out at NBC. By the way, big guest book, booking this week. Andrew Marchand, who's taken the uh, sports media uh, beat, and he's just like like a dog with a bone. And if anybody even comes near the bone, he flashes those teeth, and the people run away. The other dogs run away. It's it's notable that it's almost all NFL uh, bones. It's not the other. Huh. No one seems to care about who's announcing the baseball game of the week or the NBA playoffs for the most part. I think Am I he wrong? does that stuff, though. He does. No, he does. Stuff. But I mean, it's, do, does it get on any of you guys follow all this? Does it get well, on your all, radar? It's a, we'll talk about it with Andrew, but yeah. it's a perfect storm where he's definitely plugged in. And this just happens to be this revolution in that industry of announcers being paid like star quarterbacks now. Right. <laughs> right. Just like and he, a wild it's his beat. Yeah. So it's his beat. What is the, what is this drop? It feels good. Sort of oh, a revolutionary a war. Missive, a missive. Scenario? It's a missive from, from yeah. Drew Brees. Right, right. Thank you. I had asked Gravedigger behind the scenes about 47 seconds ago on our I Am Client to have the missive music ready. And then he played it, mm. and I didn't know what it was. So that little vacation fog there. Right. I, I, right. Call. I, yeah. I could have learned from you. Uh, one thing I missed out on when I was in the host chair was to check my my computer. My, my I forgot an, a complete segment with Connie on the show because I didn't check Graver's uh, IMs once. You should do that thing where you get in the the, the host's ear. You could have done that. And blow out his eardrum. That. Yeah, that's I, a good move. I wasn't sure if Greg was just like, well, we've been going for an hour, so I'll just skip. Right, you don't segment. know. It's unpredictable turf. I thought you did an excellent job those days and no, today. No, it was it was, done, it was not on you. It was on me. All right, so well, that's a great point, Mark. <laughs> There you go, Mark. 
Just fishing uh, for that. All right. Breeze is 43 years old. He retired from football last March, spent last season as an NFL analyst for NBC. The musical chairs game that we're going to get into with Marchand left him without a seat. So he tweeted Sunday in response to the New York Post, Andrew Marchand, Marchand article. Look, Marchand is, well, I'll save it for tomorrow. I'll save it for this week. Here we go. Later this week. Here we go. Here's what Breeze had to say. Now the missive music. It's really it kind of caught me off guard there, too. He was just trying to push the show along. Yeah, he was. He was trying to get me to my meeting. Despite speculation from media about my future this fall, I'm currently undecided. I may work for NBC. I may play football again. I may focus on business and philanthropy. This is always a tough one. For me. Philanthropy. I may train for the pickleball tour. <laughs> Senior golf tour. Coach my kids are all of the above. I'll let you know. That laughter was my laughter in an editorial note. so and then uh dennis allen speaking of dennis allen uh said of that cryptic tweet uh it was likely made in jest about a potential return to football uh we could save the the analysis of his broadcasting career for later in the week but do you guys think there's any way we see breeze again on the field no, because I think this a the Saints aren't don't sound interested on any level. I don't. I think that what we saw of Drew Brees was the right time for him to leave the field. The only thing I'll say about broadcasting, real quick, as I won't be here for that one, is that that tweet is a uh, point blank explanation of why Drew Brees is not going to be with NBC anymore. He is not mm. funny. He is not interesting. Um, <laughs> I don't find that quote um, in any way entertaining. Right. I don't I don't think he was joking. Also, the the tweet before it was about signing o, uh, Landry and Honey Badger and, and he said makes me want to come back and play again. I mean, this doesn't seem that subtle, but I'm with Mark. I, I don't think there's much of a chance that he will play because the Saints are the only team that you could imagine him playing with and they seem to be putting out the the word through the reporters and even Allen's comments that they're just not that interested. The fact that he started it with with I may work for NBC after the report was that they are moving on was a tough, a tough scene. It felt like it reminded yes. me of that, you know, that drill tweet where it gets retweeted a lot. It's about a decade old where it's like, I'm not owned. I'm not owned. I continue to insist as I slowly shrink and transform into a corn cup. She's like that. That's that's the meme that the Drew Brees. He's like, I'm not owned. I'm not owned. I was not fired. Like, uh, yeah, tough. it was it's a bad tough. year. It's but tough. you also, you know, there's something they said about developing your talent, and he didn't give much, get much run. I guess no. he just got a bad vibe. Can I make one little note about the yes. the missive music? Yes. Um, could you just play it for a second? Because I just want you to think about this. This yeah. is this is like I'm not saying this was recorded during the Revolutionary War. It's obviously it's a, a new band has come and done this, but. In real wartime scenarios, yes, there were boys like that tasked with wearing like the tight clothing and playing on a flute while everyone else has a take gun. A, a cannonball with a right. gun. Right, it's like yeah. every, like a, you're walking around with a musical instrument on a war field. It sounds like a, one of the worst possible tasks. Now, a job. Now, you what could is have. it about the tight clothing on what the small you, boys say, that really stands out? No, in your that's mind. not maybe what's standing out so much. They were all in that clothing, but it's like you're in your war right, regalia, like and everyone like, else is getting a musket, right. and like you know, a hand revolver and, you know, a club or whatever. And then you're like, here's a flute. Yeah, here's Get to the front of the line. And by the way, we're also here for our enemies' entertainment. Let us play music for them as well. It just feels slightly off key. I wonder, I would definitely watch a Netflix documentary on that. Uh, Not that any of the participants are with us to tell us how it really worked. (laughs) But you would imagine they would take the physically weaker uh, soldiers 
uh, maybe the more musically inclined, but not most the athletically artist. gifted. The artist. Yeah, maybe the, the you know the, the 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 offshoot of the NFL painter here that that, right. you, that you always painter, talk about. It has yeah. to finish it in two hours or less. Potentially us. Um, He's coming back for that Odell on the Saints uh, painting soon. Yeah, no, that that that's absolutely fair, Mark. Let's um let's ponder that. Let's take a break and ponder it. Uh, we'll be right back to finish the news, and then we'll get to our seg. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's spin through the rest of the news real quickly here because we got to get things done here. All right. (laughs) Melvin Ingram, Edge. I think he was on a – he was a gray beard too. So he comes out of gray gray beard purgatory to sign with the Dolphins, formerly of the Chiefs. You like that move, uh, Greggy? I do. I think uh, he could wind up starting for them. Their top three. I'm go- I'm banging through the projected starter series. The NFC is going out this week. AFC next week. Uh, I believe they have Andrew Van Ginkle and Jalen Phillips. Who actually, that's a good young duo. But Ingram comes in there. Those three probably share the snaps. It's a good looking roster on paper. This Dolphins team, and I think that was one of their biggest weaknesses. So that was a nice move. All right. Oh, you got something else? There, no, right? I was pointing to you that you can. You oh, said okay. we have business to do. You can keep going. I thought Greg right. did a great job with that. But now, because we had that miscommunication, it's filling in the void. What would have been a take for right. you that would have? Well, we the need show to do another fourteen hundred shows to get that kind of thing ironed out. Uh, Jerry Judy legal trouble. Colorado Sheriff has announced that Jerry Judy's arrest uh, this week or last week is on second degree criminal tampering with a domestic violence enhancer. Uh, the sheriff's de- department in Arapaho County, Colorado. Arapaho. Said, Thank you. Arapaho. Oh. Listen, he's a, he's a native. He's a I native. actually lived on Arapaho Road for a bit. So, 
there was no act of violence before Judy's arrest on the charges and uh, he will be released on bond or has been released on bond. So some criminal issues uh, for Jerry Judy. We'll see how those charges uh, play out. Falcons acquire wide receiver Brian Edwards in a 2023 seventh round pick from the Raiders in exchange for a 2023 fifth round pick. This has got you hot in the pants, Greggy. It really doesn't. Um, <laughs> but they had another move. I mean, some revolutionary war pants. It's as it's as like thin a receiver position. Give Greg a flute. Yeah. Get him to the front. Uh, Let's be done with this. It was as thin a position as they have. So Edwards could potentially start. Um, but they also made a signing this week that caught my eye. Nick Kwiatkowski. Kajakowski, who, who I uh, who I always will remember is that Wes was a big fan of his in his last year in Chicago. And then the Raiders signed him. He kind of fell off the map when he went with the Raiders. Uh, but that was only interesting because it really looks like Deion Jones is not going to be back with the Falcons. Something I, I didn't realize until I was doing this hmm. projected starter series that even their uh, team website basically indicated that they expect him to be traded or released, that there's three different options of what they're going to mm-hmm. do with Deion Jones. And option three was, well, he could stay here. So it sounded like a, a guy who uh, I was writing about at halftime of the Super Bowl as the, the key piece of a defense that was shutting down the Patriots and was certainly a core player for that Falcons team for a while and made a lot of money and is still young, only 27, will probably not be a member of the Falcons by the time we get to the season. I don't know if they'll be able to get a late round pick or what they'll get for him, but he's a good young player. That is a rough roster. Mm. Maybe and the worst really in the league. You had something there, Greggy. I mean, you you don't think that was show worthy? I no, mean, it Jones was. a real player. Hey, hey listen, yeah. you were passionate about it. The Falcons don't always get the most coverage. I'm very um, I'm I'm on board with it. You had uh, written in your potential news rundown that you sent <laughs> um, next to Brian Edwards and Nick Kowski. I have a connected take in all well, caps. In well, all caps. Well, so we're like, we better get that in the well, show. Well, here's why: because every once in a while, you'll see a pretty low level news item, and I have a connected. I don't blame you, but you just take it out of the show because it's like we go too long and you see Kwiatkowski and you're thinking, <laughs> why are we talking Kwiatkowski? And I was just like, let's get this in there for the, the Deion Jones. They signed Rashawn Evans, by the way, too. So they have two guys. He also drafted someone All there. Right. So it now, doesn't make it's sense. It's a savvy broadcasting move by Greg. Grave digger. Um, where's your drop, by the way? That doesn't go away because I went on vacation. Grave digger. Um, put it in the list of potential segment ideas. Mm-hmm. I have a connected take. Okay. I feel like there's something good. there. For a I second, like I thought you were going to make fun of me and say, like, we're going to do Deion Jones landing spots <laughs> or something later in the week. No, we were letting you have that. You were, you were passionate. And finally, in the news, Matt Rule, the, yes, I'm going to say it. No, not moribund. Panthers <laughs> coach, the embattled. Matt Rule, it's his turn. He's got, you know, we always like who's going to be the next coach who has to eat for four straight months and then get fired or eight straight months. Uh, Last year, of course, it was Matt Nagy. The year before it was Adam Gase and Matty Rule. You get the crown. Earlier last week, a report came out that Panthers owner David Tepper is interested in potentially hiring former Saints head coach Sean Payton next season. Um, after Peyton Tess's interest, interest in doing television and uh, Joe Person, who's covered the Panthers there forever, um, on the Panthers eyeing Sean Payton report, Matt Rule said Dave Tepper called him to tell him the story was coming out and there was nothing 
to it. And and yet, Mark, that doesn't feel true. <laughs> I, that, it does not feel true at all. Number one, the statement that the Panthers issued read reads as such. We would not talk to or consider a coach. Wait, where's the missive music? Back to the missive. And for an embattled coach, Mark, that makes sense. The, Greggy, take the flute. We would not talk to or consider a coach who's under contract with another team. Uh, now, hold on. It doesn't even mention, by the way, uh, we love Matt Rule. Like, we believe in Matt Rule. It's like, we just wouldn't do that. It's like, you're, you already, right. and by the way, are the Saints in any scenario who own the rights of Sean Payton going to ever trade Sean Payton? A, at all, probably not. But B, inside their own division to the Panthers? Are you nuts? I, um thought this report had validity to it that was only emboldened by that phone call to Joseph Person that you mentioned (laughs) and by the statement. I mean, that it's like you're protesting too much. It also was a random but reputable source like out of nowhere. And when reports happen like that with someone that's credible but like doesn't usually break NFL news, like this guy knows. Like he has some inside information and it totally makes sense to me. And I take offense that you – you, you say I'm the flute guy. Well, um, like, hey, no, well, I one, was reading the statement. I'm, so. I'm not artistic at all. I'm terrible at music <laughs> and I'm sneaky athletic. So put me up on the front lines. I'll get I'll Greg, get stuff done. Greg, we'll give you, you a musket. Were, I don't, I'm not going to be. We'll you, you were, Greg, you were a vocalist in a goth band. <laughs> it's fair. It was not a goth. Band. Well, I mean, what, what, that you've given us no other proof that it wasn't. I so. mean, we're not going to put you with all the barbarians we have in like the back row. You know, we. You got to have a I think you would make sense as like the fast like guy doing like ninja moves up front. If we're going to just if, if you insist, I'm you know, agile, just get a flute. I have endurance. Yeah, I don't f- need to even state my credentials, yeah, but I'm also actually, terrible at music. Too. But that's actually probably beneficial for the flute players in that realm to be <laughs> athletic. And, but it's and inside you. You know it's why true. it's inside you? Your brother is an accomplished guitar player. Right. He's so a composer, but it's not inside me. I tried. He's a composer for Christ's sake. Yeah. And uh, it's Good. in you. It's in you. Somewhere. Ah! <laughs> and by the way, I have some. Uh, I have a little sound um, from the future. Do you want to hear it? Please. Yes. All right. This is from January of the future. Oh, that's Matt Rule running out of the team facility after being fired. That's going to the airport. Oh, he just landed at Austin International. He's renting a car. Oh, and he's he's signing a huge contract with a Big Twelve team, where he'll be the head coach and be happy again. One thing, know. remember. The Panthers signed him to like a seven-year deal that annoyed everyone. He could be paid to do nothing for like the next four years. <laughs> it annoys David Tepper. I don't yeah. know about anybody else. I also <laughs> noticed that Sean Payton in his TV deal that we've heard like has been percolating for a while is going to be with Fox. And he's just filling in on days that Jimmy Johnson isn't there. So it's not like this is this is clearly sort of a... Uh, hit it and quit it scenario for him in the media. He seems very much angling already to be getting back into coaching in 2023. Yep, look out, Sean Mike Payton McCarthy. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, how many days does Jimmy Johnson miss? That's a whole job. I, maybe it is. Maybe it's like seven days, but it's it can't be like that many days. It's like, Sean, are you going to come to the production meeting? I don't care. <laughs> that's not how we talk. <laughs> that's, that's Damashek's impression of Wes. I don't care. Uh, all right, that's what's happening in the news. All right, now it's time to debunk some presumed truths of the football cognizante. Ellipsis. Ellipsis? Ellipsis. Or should I say cognizante? I'm going to start with one that's very unpopular. 
And again, this is not necessarily uh, my feelings personally that I'm dooming a team that they have no chance or, you know, whatever this is going to be. It doesn't mean this is how I feel. It's just more about like, let's tone down the rhetoric. Let's tone down. Groupthink is a crazy thing on, in the NFL and on, on Twitter. And everybody seems to get hyped up about the same teams. And I just want to bring the temperature down a little bit in Detroit. Let's start there. Mm, yeah. Um, the presumed truth is the Lions will be good. Just going to bring that down. I think they're much closer to the Bears than they are to the Packers. And for what it's worth, Vegas agrees. DraftKings has their over under at six and a half wins. But wouldn't that indicate it's not a presumed truth at all? That's sort of the best draft indication. But DraftKings is separate than the football guy you sent it. Got you me. hear it bubbling up. Gotcha. I'm with you, gotcha. it's especially of late. And it's funny. Before I, with Greg's help, of course, because he had to send me the link where to find this information, um, I went through their schedule and I did it with a generous eye. And I saw, and they're going to be on Hard Knocks, and that's great. I can't wait. I see seven and 10, which is a big jump forward for the team. It's an over. That's um, bet the over. So I would bang the over. But if you look at a schedule of team and you see whatever the record is, you can make the case for two extra wins, which would make them nine and eight and probably a playoff team. But you also can go the other way and you can say, well, they can go five and 12, too. I think that's within the realm. Um, the bottom line for me is they're probably a year away at least. And we shouldn't rush to make them a thing. You've seen a little bit of that with the Jets right now, too, on, in the AFC. There's no need to rush. They can improve without being the next Bengals. And I think that's a best case scenario. Um, and I have some reasons why, but I just want to throw it to you guys and get your initial feelings on that. I'm with you. I think that there's a. There's, we're conflating the idea that the Lions are finally not like ragingly dull. There's interest around them. Um, the way they finished last season, I think, has a lot to do with the way people think they might just pick up where they left off. They have their wide receiver room compared to where they were a year ago at this time is juicy. They've got parts on offense. I think they're good on both lines. There's a lot to like about the way they're building the team and they're competent finally. But the idea that they're going to hopscotch the Bears, I can buy that because the Bears are in a rebuild. The Vikings and the Packers, no. And so are you going to be the third team in that division to make a wild card or go win nine games and then balance out with the rest of the NFC? I think they're a year away, but I do think there's a reason for optimism finally. Right. I think the excitement's just about the process, though. I think when we get to August and we see that list of like the 30 mm. NFL.com analysts, there'll be about two that actually pick them to the playoffs. So now we're pushing back against the excitement. And I'm, I am excited, but to me, it's more about the build. And I think people like to get on for the ride. So to your point, you're right. Everyone's excited because it's like, wow, they're making smart decisions. Their coaches seem like they get it. Their front office seems like they get it. Their team's coming together. And yet I think most of the people even saying that, including me, are totally on board with everything the two of you guys just said that it's it's coming up. If things broke really well for them, maybe this year, like you said, could be interesting. You get a winning record, but it's more like we're getting in on the ground floor. This is going to be fun. It's going to it's like the process in Philadelphia. And People love to get into the rebuilds, and this is actually a rebuild that looks like it's in a, a steady year two right. climb. You know what's happening? Because here's here's to your point, Dan. Like you're going to start to see this with certain people out there that it's it's May. 
You want to make an impact as an analyst. I could go on a long two-minute speech talking about how I'm on the Lions bandwagon right now. They're going to make the playoffs. You've done I mean, it in the past, actually. I, well, I did two years ago, and I couldn't yeah. have been more wrong. It's not, not even because of that that I'm not going to do it, but it's like there's a lot of that packaging, the idea that you're the Lions person. It goes out on Twitter. A bunch of people start to rally around you, and it's a product for the, the analysts more than reality. And it would be... Shame on me if I'm pushing back against the excitement because look at my fan allegiance. That's what I have right now. The idea that you're building something, the quote Jets unquote. That's team right now. Yeah, quote unquote, the right way and all that. Um, but it's not that. I think there is a contingent within the inner circle of the Cognacente that is seeing this as maybe more like they could shock people this year. Right. I don't even want to have takes right now because I realize I usually like change my takes between May and August. And by August, I probably start like reacting to the other takes that are out there. So I'm just going to like withhold right. my takes. That's good. I think that's smart. <laughs> I think for them to get to that, I don't even know what they are, get to that nine and eight, you know, Goff has to stay healthy and be pretty good. Right. I think nine and eight is doable though, because I think they I could am, be but an average let me say, team. Yeah. Goff has to, play well. Jameson Williams has to make an impact. Um, you need this offensive line to hold up, which I think it will. It looks good. The running back room is exciting, but you need health in that realm. Aiden Hutchinson should make an Im- immediate impact, but you kind of need him to. Jeff Akuda's back, but is he going to be a guy that lives up to his draft stock? You, there's a lot of things that have to go right. They're, the back That's seven all. on defense, their linebackers, and then their secondary is certainly the weakest part of their team. And I think they coached them up well last year, um, but they're a year away too. In addition to Goff, Hutchinson though is joining a really exciting front group. Like I think that is a, a pass rush that goes six, seven, eight deep, uh, and that's that's a nice strength. And we do them. love Dan Campbell. Everybody loves Dan Campbell, and he was the perfect kind of face of that team during that season. I would like to see him and the coaching staff with a better roster. Do they? play the guitar yeah, the, the last thing they like need- a Eric Rosenthal Eric I mean how dare you Dean Rosenthal Dean. damn it what's his middle name Stewart okay so you Dean didn't even Stewart. get the middle I will name. never forget that again I'm sorry and I he, know. there it was, was a part in like high school going into college where he either was considering or actually did go by the art like by the name Dean Stewart well, that sounds to, like a It a sounds musician. like something, but I felt like it's a little like you're throwing off the, the Jewy Rosenthal of it all. Well, I Hollywood fan probably is what And entertainment <laughs> is rich with that move. So <laughs> yeah. it's not like so he, went he would Dean be Stewart breaking for a little the mold. Bit, but I don't think yeah. he felt bad about it. He went back, you know. All right. Uh, what do you got, uh, Mark? Uh, okay. This probably won't be very popular in this room. Um, I, I just feel that the wrong Nascenti or non-Nascenti have um, con Nascenti have crowned the Buffalo Bills a little early in a very rich and deep AFC. And do I think that they're a playoff team? Absolutely. Are they probably going to win their division? Absolutely. Are they, are they, we'll see the way they do from there. They were, they lost six games a year ago going five and one against a putrid AFC East. I think the Dolphins are a different team. They're going to be tougher to defend than ever before during all of this business. I think the Jets are the kind of team that can split with the Bills. The Patriots Ooh. can split. I, I really do think that if the Jets, okay. unless the Jets this are is a spicy. hot This is mess, what it's for. Beefy thick boy. But if the, if the Jets can't beat the Bills and they can't beat the Dolphins, then what are we, why are we talking about the Jets so much? There's got to be a step because at I some point. Show. Well, that's, that's, that's fair. But I would just say, you went 5-1 and one in your division <laughs> last year and still lost six games. They okay. open with the Rams, the Titans, 
the Dolphins, who they're going to have to see them early before they have a lot of tape on what they're doing, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Chiefs, and the Packers. The schedule opens up from there, but they don't have the easiest of slates. And I would just say over the last two years, A, they have done an awesome job building up the team. They did an awesome job growing Josh Allen. Brian Dable had a lot to do with that. You have to project and hope that Ken Dorsey, who has been there for a while, it's a seamless transition. I think it's a good guy to take over, but he's never done what Brian Dable's done before in the same capacity. There is difference right there. That does take away the quarterback relationship. And everything went right health-wise, mostly for the Bills over the last two seasons. They, it wasn't a team that had to deal with a ton of adversity. Does that happen three years in a row to NFL teams? Typically not. I'm just saying I'm not projecting them in the AFC title game without putting any mental thought to the fact that the AFC is a thorny mess right now. That's where your argument, to me, lands that there could be eight teams that you could see being in the AFC championship. And just assuming that the Bills, who I think on paper are the best team on paper and finished last season so strong are just going to be right back there. We we know that's just not how it always works, but just because of that doesn't make me really believe in them left. It's more just the AFC. You're right. Some of those teams that aren't the Bills, essentially, or the Chiefs, are going to step up and probably be a superpower, too. I just think they'll be with the Bills. I think the Bills will be alongside whoever those other teams are. And even before Brian Dayball left town, we were talking for weeks on this show during the regular season last year about what happened to the Bills offense. It's, right. it's not impossible if they could have a similar or even worse issues as they kind of start this new era. I will point out because Buffalo fans are probably yelling at their player right now. Uh, they did lose Tredavious White to a torn ACL last December, which was a crushing loss for that defense. Um, the year before, I think they were far more healthy, but that was a huge loss. You get him back. Right. Not like nothing went wrong, point. but in general, yeah. it wasn't like the what happened to the Ravens last year. You were so big year. on the Bills two years well, ago. I don't now d- you're like uh, no, jumping I, I like them. I think I think it's just that when everyone became a Bills fan suddenly, right. it was like... Well, that's Because well, they leave. were ready to win the yeah. Super Bowl last don't, year. You know Mark Sessler by now. That's a fair point. He likes to get in before... That's why late period Browns fandom for you was so difficult, I imagine. I wonder if that played a part in you jumping off. All of a sudden, there were Browns fans literally everywhere you look, and all of a sudden, it wasn't so special to be a Browns fan anymore. Yay or nay? Even in our building, there was a time when I was <laughs> like was the Browns radar. fan. There are like 27 Browns fans inside NFL Network. It's just like, okay, I get it. The thing with the Bills, though, why <laughs> so many people, including myself, are, are so high is I just think they had a great offseason on top of that. Now, dealing with expectations is difficult, but this is a team that added Von Miller. And on top of that, Daquan Jones, Tim Settle, which I think were smart moves. Uh, they take a cornerback and you get White back uh, at, uh, in the first round and you get White back. I just The moves all made sense to me this offseason that they took a great roster. They weren't satisfied, and it looks a little better even to me. That's fair, That's Flautist. That's all. Flautist. He's a flautist. <laughs> uh, I, tr- I tried to be a good musician. I could not live up to Dean. You know, I this was is your Dean, chance. Dean's shadow. Don't get me started Because how on cool that. would it be to be a good musician? I don't. It's, I, it wasn't in me. It's one of my great regrets. It wasn't in me. I tried. I talked. We. I think Ricky played a sound drop on this a message I left for Colleen. If, if you just... Learn that acoustic guitar. If I could just kind of learned <laughs> Wonderwall, if I could just uh, learn a couple of Pete Yorn songs in 2001, what would have happened? Oh, you would have been at on fire at, at party. Exactly. Oh, at like oh, that, that room <laughs> off the main room in a party. This guy's playing his little Wonderwall. I was, in, I was in Hoboken with my buddies. Sure. I was 24 years old. And we come back from Washington and I got the axe. Then what happens? I'll give you some lessons sometime. 
It's too late. What does he do for me now? He's always got to insert his uh, swarthiness into the episode. (laughs) You know Gravedigger used that for the blonde paramour that is not to be spoken of on the show any longer. Oh, no. He doesn't want that. It's like, oh, here's a song, a little song I wrote called Glycerine. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's, it's a romantic special. Mm, It really brings mm, to the lady mm, Glycerine. You wrote this? I think, Dan, you would have married a... Hoboken uh, area bartenders. I feel like and, uh, I feel yeah. like disappeared. Uh, yeah, Good lyrics chance. lyrics were not what people were into with Bush. It was that that dude was hot. You know, I think that yeah. helped. Uh, he was not a thick boy either. He was a uh, lithe, lithe, lithe. He was a lithe boy. All right, All right. Um, <laughs> let's take a break and uh, continue. <laughs> you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, you're up, Greg. All right, I'm going to um, base mine on uh, stupid my mentions. <laughs> and and I'm just going to assume like my mentions are somehow indicative of consensus. Or matter. Jalen Hurts is like the biggest question when it comes to mm. the Eagles out there to me. Mm-hmm. But what I'm pushing back against is The idea that Jalen Hurts needs to take this big step for the Eagles to be a really good team. He to me, he doesn't. He's already there. He's better than people think. He definitely had his worst or second worst game of the year in the playoffs. And that's absolutely a concern. But he's also a second year starter who uh, to me, you know, Certainly that happens. It happened to Josh Allen. Not saying he's going to be Josh Allen. He is close to being a league average starter or already a league average starter 
right now. And like my belief in the Eagles, and you mentioned the over-unders, for the Eagles, it's at eight and a half, which seems crazy to me. To me, I think they can be, and this is one take, I don't mind getting there early. I'm not going to back off it. I think they can be a 10-11 win type of team because their team is really strong. And all they need is Jalen Hurts to basically repeat what he did a year ago, except now you're going to have a little more help with A.J. Brown. But keep that running game going with with him as a huge part of it. Keep being efficient enough as a passer and getting the mismatches that a Lamar Jackson gets in the passing game. And he is going to be just fine. The rest of the team can help him out and that they can be a contender with Jalen Hurts being the guy he was a year ago. I think the I have a little bit of a issue with the um... – the conceit on this one, because I think within the realm of the football cognizante, it seems to me like Jalen Hurts is a popular figure um, and it's fans, including Eagles fans, uh, a lot of uh, uh, times it seems that somehow or sometimes seem to have doubts about his ability. I feel like the general vibe about and maybe I'm wrong, Mark, you tell me what you think, is that Hurts is a young ascendant quarterback that's not as talented maybe as the top tier guys, but put him in the right offense and let him use his legs and uh, his arm. Uh, he can be a guy that's a top 12 starter, potentially like is, I feel like that's where most people are at. Him, I, well, I think him. also that there's two different communities. There's the football fan, but then there's the fantasy community that are all over Jalen Hurts. Uh, they love him because I think his floor is so high. Right. And I so that's sort of I kind of think his floor as an NFL starting quarterback is similarly high. Like to me, he's a tick above where Teddy or Tua were a year ago. And that team is strong. That's why I like the Eagles. It's not because of Jalen Hurts. And there is a chance here. Because Jalen Hurts got so much better, I think, from college to his rookie year to second year, there is certainly a chance he could mature and continue to become a better passer and go up another level. And then you're really Health cooking with grease with and gas. You're cooking with grease, grease and, ga- that's and actually, gas. Sounds dangerous. That sounds like a house exploding. Right. The Jalen Hurts... Um, health issue because if he's got to be a guy that moves around a lot. He had ankle surgery in the offseason. Yep. It kind of wiped out his uh, ceiling throughout the end of the season in the playoffs. He does his style of play matchup with what the big man upstairs gave him body wise. Staying healthy is a skill set. It really is. That's fair because I, I think he is not ready to be transitioning away from his running game being a huge part of that offense. That's what made that offense. And I think they still need to run him a lot. It's maybe year four or five, whatever you start backing off a little. We're not there. Yet. That's the one thing with AJ Brown is like, they, you love the idea of them adding him, but that wouldn't have necessarily made the team what they were last year. Like they were an atypical type of offense, but Greg, one thing I, you've been on the Eagles thing. Mm-hmm. and you're projecting them to win 10 games. They won nine a year ago, so you got to go a little stronger if you want to mm. be this Eagles Okay, proponent. I will when okay. it comes to it. Okay. But I'm just saying the over-under was eight and a half, so yeah, clearing that. Right. I think they have a chance to be really, really good. Like 12, um, 13, that type of team. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's do a quick one. Okay. Um, Greg's got this meeting coming up. so we, yeah. We've got plenty of time. I'm, I'm not worried about I'm it. I'm concerned about your schedule. How much time do we have? We have 32 like minutes. minutes. Oh, we're good. We'll be done. Well, 32 way if that. They, they were coming to you. I guess you'd have to travel in the building somewhere. So No, it's just a phone call. It's just a phone call. 32 minutes. 
All right, here it is. This is the general kind of consensus statement slash bit uh, from the football cognizante. Tom Brady will take the top analyst job in the NFL on Fox booth upon his retirement. So I guess that'll be about 2060. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Aw, Wes loved that sound. <laughs> 2045. This is Tom Brady's last year. And if you can't see that, yeah. you're not paying attention. This, this is not you, all your bits about he'll be playing forever. No, like he tried to retire this year. He couldn't bring himself to it. He didn't have things quite set up how he wanted to uh, in terms of uh, post NFL, something to take up his time, something to focus on this huge deal. And we'll talk about it with Andrew Mashon. I know you guys talked about it last week uh, where he gets paid bonkers money to be the number one booth guy for Fox. who has two Super Bowls in the next three years. All this stuff ties in like they want him in the booth for the Super Bowl in at least one of those years uh, and maybe both. Uh, and that's why uh, you kind of can connect the dots here. This is Tom Brady's final season in the NFL. And I've been wrong about a lot of things at the end of Tom Brady's career. <laughs> but this one, I will pound the table on the football. Kanye sent he can take all their bits and stick them where the sun don't shine. because You're not paying attention. I will say at least um, I hope this makes you happy. When we talked about this Tom Brady news, there were no none of those 2062 jokes that I That's can recall. That's true. We kept, it was a lot of Twitter bits. Uh, and I 100% agree with you, Dan. And I that news that popped up today, uh, Tuesday as we're taping, that there is a roast planned on Netflix for Tom Brady next year. Like it, it It's all setting up. He's setting all yep. these things up. I totally uh, agree that this is going to be it. And it adds... It adds a fun element to this Bucks season because it's a good-looking Bucks team. They got a chance to do it again. I hope he stays healthy. All right, one more. Go ahead, Mark. Uh, this one annoys me because this has been happening for months. I understand that all four teams in the AFC West are juicy. That they uh, all, if they were all in different divisions, they might each win those divisions. But when I'm hearing, you know, oh, this could be the division that offers up four playoff teams or at least three. <laughs> First of all, they play each other. We all know that. That's going to be a problem because when you have the inflated record, it's because you're the Packers playing the Vikings, the Bears, and the Lions. In this division, these types of teams hey, eat each teams other These teams are going to beat each other up they all year are, long. Though. They are. But secondly, but they also play the – That I did use on the schedule. They play the <laughs> NFC West on top of it. Now, I know the NFC West with you know Seattle situation, Arizona up and down, but like But they were still. that division a year ago, and they that, did right. get three playoff teams. Exactly. Well, I just think that the AFC West, I wouldn't be shocked if in the end – they're all kind of same type records, and you mm. get one playoff team. I know, Whoa. maybe one. Now that's save that, save that for the, the sandwich. Sandwich props. It could be one because it's you. It's. It, I'm not saying that they might be better than the records. Three of the three of the four teams might be better than the records. So just pump the brakes on the blind optimism that there's four superpowers in that division. I think that's fair. Bingo. I think that's fair. The Raiders yeah. look better on paper, but are really. You're right. One of those teams will probably take a face plant and be totally disappointing. It's a little hard to predict because they all look pretty good on. Paper. No, never no. the Chargers. That's a whole other football. That would be depressing. Thing. That would be depressing. The sure. the charge. This is the year that they nothing could potentially go wrong for the Chargers. How dare you? Every, <laughs> every year since two thousand and eight. I don't think so. I mean, but listen. So you're right. Somebody will definitely dirt nap it. Who's the most likely team? 
It's probably the Raiders. Or or one of the teams loses their quarterback, and then it's you know there's some unknown if disaster. Some of your, like, to uh, me, it's the Raiders because because the quarterback is. Yeah, I, I like Derek Carr, but I trust the other three better. New coach. coach. We don't know if Josh Denver, McDaniels Denver. can be a I was going to say, your Russell Wilson slander can extend to this conversation, Greg, if you want. The I just, I'm open. trying not to give out too many takes All right, that good. I'm going to back up on, back good. off on. Good. All right, last one. But that man. one does make sense to me. Uh, my last one. Resident Flautist. I struggled with this one because it's like Brother I, of Dean. I was trying to figure out what is the consensus right now. I don't know. But you know what is the consensus? When you put some cold, hard numbers to things, and that's – fantasy football. So I'm putting on my fantasy football oh. hat and mm, looking okay. at all these guys who are doing the best ball leagues in the offseason. They're already they're already picking leagues right now with big money at stake. And I'm looking at where players are getting drafted. And to me, that's as consensus as it gets. The, the, I don't know if it's the cognoscenti, but it's the fantasy heads out there. And uh, I got a lot of takes, but I'm going to start and I'll go through them quick. Derrick Henry is the is the second pick in the draft. What? That's crazy. Derrick Henry's the second. What? What is happening here? Uh, they don't. They Greg don't Digger, have enough- another segment idea. Just Greg's. What? Yeah. <laughs> All right, go ahead. I mean, they don't have any <laughs> offensive linemen. He. We know about his usage over the years. He's turning twenty-seven. Uh, Scott Pianowski had this great thread of like running backs who do well in fantasy when they turn twenty-seven. Like it, it, it goes bad. He gone pretty off. I'm that, not saying he's gone, but that not, doesn't say much about that community. No, he should be gone from the top ten. I agree with that. Okay, and then there were some other ones like Devontae oh. Adams still has a first round. <laughs> Our pick. producer's raising his hand. Should we call on him? Sure. All I right, mean, ahead, I don't Titans want this scorer. to become into nice a speed round. Every episode, I say something negative about the Titans, and then Graver like sends it out to all his Titans. He's like, <laughs> Hey, check this out, Greg Rosenthal. The Around the NFL podcast is I, I support that. Free I cloud. Support I just swore so you yeah, create cloud. Yeah, I need to know yeah. that. Um, Marcus Mosher, who I respect on Twitter, tweeted four hours ago, there's no reason Henry should fall further than number three in your fantasy right, leagues well, this year. So there we go. Well, that's Henry was on God pace Sente. for 2,300 um, yards and 20 touchdowns last season. Yeah. Don't tell me about pace when you broke your foot. That is true. Yeah. That's the big concern. Will he wear down? But over his last 30 and the games. stinks, and they're not going to be leading games as much, potentially. Maybe not. Maybe not. Plus, Malik Wills is going to be running the football a lot, you would think. So. Mm, that's not true. in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> Other guys that really stood out to me on this realm of being a little over overvalued. Devontae Adams, like, why would his numbers go up in in uh, Las Vegas with Derek Carr yeah, whatever, and way yeah. more competition? And now he's like a top 10 pick. Uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, we're still doing this with no, Clyde Edwards Hilaire? No, he's not. getting drafted super high. And then, because Who? who's drafting Clyde Edwards Hilaire after I, those two like, years? Because fantasy guys draft on opportunity even in May and they see the opportunity but it's like someone else will come on that team and take those carries or someone already on the team will take those carries because he's not that great uh, but I didn't want to be all negative so two guys that really intrigued me that were way that was too good. low was uh, Jalen Waddell Still has like a late fourth round pick. Oh man, he's gonna load up. Tyreek Hill's not gonna hurt him. He'll help him. And Hunter Renfro. Similarly, I think people are digging Hunter Renfro. There you go, Greg. Way to the middle of the seventh round when it's like, no, he's not going anywhere. That's the guy that knows Derek Carr the best, and he's gonna have more one on ones. He's not going it anywhere. It takes a big flautist to come all the way around on Hunter Renfro, and now you're booking him for a hundred and eleven hundred. That was one of the worst um, takes I've ever had. Is is dumping on Hunter Renfro? He did it because I was hairline. wrong. It was. It was aesthetic because you're an artist. white man with uh, with receding hairline at 21, and, and you held it against him. And like him. Carr and him have this thing, and early on he was forcing it, throwing him 13 balls for like three for 33. And I was like, this is the worst play in football. But quick, Carr knew what he was doing. Carr knew what he um, was doing. All right. That's it. Good stuff. Dean Stewart Rosenthal.
He's got to go with Dean Stewart at this point. He could still make. He that was switch. on a podcast recently. I should send the the link out. What was that? Dean Stewart what was like, was. About talking about experimental classical music. So you know, all our listeners. Should does he have? Um, <laughs> does he sound like you? Do you? Does it have that Rosenthal? No, he doesn't. I got to hear this. I think you've met him, Dan. Dean? Yeah. I don't know if I ever have. I don't think Dan ever once. did. I have multiple you have, times. You yeah. have. Multiple Mark. times. I, yeah. Well, at the Super Bowl, at a pizza um, they, gathering in Los Angeles for they, Ricky Hollywood. They hit it off. You know how Mark just like, there's yeah. just some people that are Mark people. Yeah. Like Connor or who we had last. Sure. Last, there's a lot of Mark people. But there was some sort of, um, like Mark definitely likes Dean more than me. I can tell. I mean, well, they, yeah, that is a projection. I don't like. I I, I found Dean to be I, enjoyable. They to just talk to. They, in a quick conversation, they had a connection. Mark, Dean's always asking, "Oh, what's up with that Mark guy? I really like that guy." They also yeah. didn't. Mark didn't deny it. He said it was oh, a yeah, projection, but yeah, it's fine. I I just don't want Greg walking around thinking that I could like them equally, like they were my children, <laughs> Greg and Dean. Stewart. It's like whenever we have a guest on the show, and then after about twelve minutes of conversation, Mark's like, "Who do you like the best of us?" <laughs> it's like, "Oh, not again." Who do you think is the best athlete of us? I'm going to hold you to it. I'm going to hold it. Who do you like better, Dean or Greg? I like them equally. (laughs) Who would you rather (laughs) do a podcast? He's only talked to Dean for like 30 minutes. I would rather do one with Greg because I know know it's going to be a hit. I spent, you know, (laughs) I was, we were in each other's presence for probably seven, eight hours this weekend. Um, You've talked to Dean maybe for 20 minutes in your life. He's already tied. He's already tied. Um, we talked a ton, Greg. It was a group conversation. Greg and no, Greg that, told I, some fantastic stories about. Well, I'm not going to get into it, but um, those are some good answers. Some good non-answers yeah. to the ma- lamestream media you did there. I like <laughs> That's that. right. <laughs> All right, we'll be back Thursday. Uh, Mark is heading on vacation. Enjoy yourself. Thank you. What are you doing? Will not be telling you. That you weren't going to ask. Couldn't help myself. Till Thursday, heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.